Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by J.C. Hoops, Jackson Collier, your favorite Arkansas basketball guy. We have him actually on today. It's not just a phone call. You get to see his beautiful face on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube. We got a lot to get to. Last time we talked to you, um, it was before the Auburn loss. It was before the Missouri win. So we're going to talk through those. Huge game, Arkansas-Alabama today, Wednesday. You're listening to this on Wednesday, Arkansas versus Alabama. Uh, top 15 matchup. It's going to be huge. And before we get started, want to remind you about Dead Soxie because uh, this podcast is brought to you by Dead Soxie. So Dead Soxie, premium, high-quality socks. And for our listeners, if you use code HOGS, H-A-W-G-S, at checkout, you get 25% off all orders. That includes sale items. You just got to go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use code HOGS at checkout, 25% off. Incredible socks. They sent all of us at hogbeat.com some socks for Christmas, and we love them. We wear them every day. I wore them last night. I love my Dead Soxy socks, and you can get some for 25% off. All orders, even the sale items, 25% off. Use code HOGS at checkout, deadsoxy.com. Thank you to Dead Soxy. All right, Jackson. So I don't really want to talk about the Missouri game very much. Arkansas won at home against a good Missouri team, a very good Missouri team. And then they go on the road, they lose to Auburn. And you have a little bit of, you know, I wouldn't say freak out. We talked about this before we started recording. It's not the same freak out as you had the past two seasons with some slow starts to SEC play. But there is, you know, a little bit to worry about when you don't have Brazil, when you don't have Nick Smith. And you're struggling to find guys to score the ball, especially when Ricky Council, you know, is struggling to score the ball. You have to go to Anthony Black. You don't really have anybody else. Jordan Walsh goes two for 10 from the field. So kind of give us your thoughts from the Auburn game and where you gauge this team right now. So really looking at the Auburn game, it, it was a, what, a 13-point loss. And Arkansas didn't play all that terrible. Um, you know, it was a manageable uh, deficit for most of the game. Um, could not hit any shots, could not hit free throws. I, I mean, Anthony Black was 13 out of 16 from the free throw line, but outside of him, I think the team was six out of 16. Um, that's abysmal. Um, you're not going to win uh, basketball games. I mean, they shot under 60% from the free throw line. That that that's just that, that's a huge difference in the game and right there alone. Um, and obviously you look at that game too, two for sixteen from the three point line. Um, Auburn didn't score a ton. Like they uh, they put up seventy two points. That's nothing like uh, it's not like a offensive gauntlet. That's not a fantastic offensive performance because Arkansas is a really good defensive team. Even though they've lost Nick Smith, even though they've lost Trevin Brazil, they're still playing really good defense. Saw that against LSU. Saw that against uh, Missouri. I mean, they they held LSU to sixty points and Missouri to sixty eight points. Auburn got seventy two points at home as a top twenty five team. They're just not finding ways to score the basketball, and that's that's really the rub of it all. Um, so I, it's hard to say like gauge performance outside of you know. The offense is stagnant at times. Musselman has talked about uh, guys aren't cutting as well. Um, some of the the lineups and rotations kind of confuse me, especially in the front court offensively. Um, guys aren't just aren't making shots. They aren't taking good shots. And then they're missing their freebies too. I mean, I think 
there have been some low post guys, even some guards missing layups. You know, obviously, we just talked about free throws, even the open threes that haven't been falling. So as good as they played defensively, and even when they work the offense and get open looks, they just haven't been knocking down shots. So I don't know if that necessarily equates to bad play or just like not good shooting. I think you can differentiate those two things. You can have a good team that plays well. that's just not a good shooting team. I think that's kind of where they're at right now outside of, you know, free throws. You should never miss 13 (laughs) as a division one basketball team. But I I still think there's promise to the season. I know there hadn't been, there, there's been a mix of, of the freak out. You, you know, you have some people that are like, oh, this team is terrible without Nick Smith and Trevin Brazil. Look, they're one and two in conference, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is the third year in a row that they've started with a losing record in conference through three games. Um, I, I think this year is a little bit different, though, because even though they are one and two, they're not losing games and being blown out. It's not or they're not losing games to just like absolutely terrible teams. LSU had a bad loss last night. They lost to Florida at home uh, by like 11 or 12 or something. Um, Auburn hadn't played particularly well, but they are a ranked team. That was a road game, just like LSU was a road game. And those were both like, they they didn't look bad. Like the 13 point deficit, sure, whatever, but make your free throws, it's a lot lot more manageable. They, they didn't perform that bad. I think just the way – it's it's just so different because they're not getting blown out by 30 points. They're not losing to Hofstra. They're not losing to Vanderbilt. But, you know, they're still finding their offensive identity. It's a really – it really is a struggle when you lose two guys that you essentially built your offense around. Nick Smith was another option who could create for himself and facilitate to other people, create for other players – while Trevin Brazil's the swing four or stretch four, who was shooting 39% from three, keeping the defenses honest and opening driving lanes for the guards. And that you lose both of those things when you're trying to run a five out, uh, what Musk likes to call uh, pace and space. You know, it's just you you really have you really struggle trying to adapt and, and change and you know roll with the punches. Well, you <clears throat> you kind of hit on it. So and this is something that Eric Musselman said on Monday. You can go find the press conference on the Hogbeat YouTube. He talked about how this team, it's not like they're playing, you know, bad teams. Like they're playing some of the top defenses in the nation. Auburn, a very, very elite defense. So was Missouri. Uh, well, not elite for Missouri. Their offense was elite. But And now you have an Alabama team who has a, a good defense, a really good offense. They're the number one rebounding team in the nation. So, it, it's not it's not going to get easier. But one thing about this team is, I mean, I'm looking on Ken Palm right here, and as far as D1 experience goes, they rank 275th in the nation. So it's like this is a team that, yes, they played, you know, a, a, a good non-conference schedule for the most part. Uh, you had the Maui Invitational where you're, you were able to hit the road uh, as well as the Oklahoma game. You went to North Little Rock. So, like, they, they kind of bonded. They were able to do that stuff. You also had the summer when they went to Europe, but this is still a team that is just now starting to play SEC teams. They're playing the SEC schedule. There's a lot of basketball to be played, and they're still, though you have a guy like Ricky Council, you have some of the, the transfers who, you know, Makai Mitchell, Mikel Mitchell, who are older guys, they don't have SEC experience. So all of these guys, for the most part, aside from Kamani Johnson and Devo Davis, are playing SEC caliber teams for the first time. And so there's going to be that, you know, growing pains, but also 
the the offensive output in the first three SEC games is something to worry about, especially if, you know, Nick Smith Jr., if he's out for even more of an extended period of time than we're expecting, you're going to need someone to step up. Now, for me, I, I, I'm I holding out hope on Jordan Walsh. Like, I see it in him. I think a lot of people do. Eric Mosman said he still sees it in him. I mean, he, he took 10 shots against Auburn. Um, I think that he has it in him to 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 become you know a, a great scorer for Arkansas. We just haven't seen it yet. A guy that we've talked about on this podcast, Makai Mitchell. Um, you probably want to see more from him offensively, don't you think? I mean, I think he's one of those guys as well. So as far as scoring the ball, and everybody's going to say Joseph Pinion because he's a great shooter. I'll give him that. He is a great shooter, but it's not you can't just throw Joseph opinion out there and say all right find him in the corner he's going to hit a three every time it just doesn't work that way so kind of talk through um what you think arkansas needs to do to fix the offense and maybe you know i i mentioned those guys but anybody else that you think could step up so and i kind of mentioned this on uh the trough on our uh, premium message board i kind of broke down what i thought one of the bigger issues is especially uh, obviously everybody talks about outside shooting and that is a big issue um and teams have started going zone packing stuff inside um i really think one of the one of the biggest things that you can do when teams are zoning against you and you're not a good shooting team obviously cutting more cutting better all that sort of stuff that musman already mentioned um i want to see the front court utilized more it seems like whenever musman um talks about makai mitchell it's always uh, talking about him in a, a defensive stalwart type, like, oh, he did a really good job um, stopping this really talented big, or he did a really good job stopping this talented big. He's a rim protector, grabbing defensive rebounds, all that sort of stuff. All of that is true, and I agree with all of that 100%. But I have seen Makai Mitchell this year score on over 10 different post moves down low, and I just really think he could be utilized more as an offensive piece. I mean, he's – um, it's kind of a, not even a running joke, just something I think you even brought up in the last press conference that, you know, Makai Mitchell has, start, has scored the first basket in eight of the last 10 games or something this year. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, he'll get his seven or eight points. And it seems like a lot of his, his points come from, oh, well, he, you know, somebody got an offensive rebound, he filled an open spot and he'll dunk it. Or, oh, they fed the post and he made a post move and he'll score. But I just don't think he's getting a, a ton of touches, especially in that high post role. When, when teams run a zone, especially against Arkansas when they're not shooting well, they're daring Arkansas to take those outside shots. They're daring Devo Davis, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, Ricky Council, all struggling right now. They're daring them to take lightly contested threes. You know, They're not pressured about trying to get out there and have a hand in their face all the way. They'll halfway contest and dive back in the, to try to crash the glass. I think one way you can you can really help that is if you start um, feeding the high post, go through Makai Mitchell, or even if you want to run a high, low set with a second big, if you want to run Jalen Graham in there for some offense, you know, run through the high post, have some cutters diving. It goes back to what Musselman is already talking about. Um, More cutting, more action, more, more movement. Feed the high post, have those guys dive. You'll have like I think one thing that always worked on a on a high post is either a staggered dive or just like a simple one man cut through. So you'll have like say the post entry from the right side of the wing, and then ball goes in the right side dives, and then after he dives and there's no pass, then the left side dives and they kind of fill each other's spot. They curl back out. 
Makai can face up, do all sorts of things. I, I think implementing that sort of stuff would, would, would work wonders, especially if you trust Makai enough. And I think Makai is good enough. Even Jalen Graham is good enough. Try to go ISO in the post. Even though they're in a zone, they're not going to completely – like a 2-3 like a zone, if you get it in the middle, sure, they'll collapse, but you hope that your your post can pass out of the post. Uh, if you go low and say Makai Mitchell has a one-on-one matchup on the low block, you're putting, and you have like Joseph Pinion in the corner or somebody on the perimeter, you're putting that defense in a spot where they have to choose, do we do we let Makai Mitchell go ISO in the post, which probably they would take that risk early on. And if he scores two or three baskets in a row, What's that going to do? They're going to have to start sagging off a little bit, maybe doubling up in the post. And then Makai Mitchell just passes back out. And those are so much more high percentage looks than they've been getting on the perimeter where they're just kind of working the offense for 25 seconds and someone takes a shot. Um, I just think implementing a low post system right now, you know, kind of, I mean, it might slow the game down a little bit. And Arkansas likes to play fast. I mean, but given what the roster is right now, you lose two guys for that system that you developed all offseason. I think you have to make an adjustment and really should try to attack it through the post. Trust your bigs. Makai Mitchell is really talented. Everybody knows Jalen Graham is a very talented offensive player. Just see what they can do in the low post and what they can do facilitating out to guards after they kind of score. Now, if it doesn't work, if it is what it is, they just collapse everything. You can't get a low post entry. Then I guess you're just back to square one. Um, and then that's where you get into, you just really need guys like Jordan Walsh and Ricky council to knock down their open looks and to, you know, play more aggressive. I mean, they're, they're playing pretty aggressive, but they're just not finishing. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I really liked what I saw from Anthony Black against Auburn as well. You felt, I mean, that was kind of Maui Invitational, Anthony Black. I think he he and Eric Musselman both mentioned, like, he's probably going to have to take on a little bit more of a bigger role offensively moving forward as far as scoring the ball goes. So uh, I, I like what I saw from Anthony Black. I think, you know, you talked about Jordan Walsh, Ricky Council. If you have those open shots, which the defense is, for the most part, I mean, they've kind of been giving at least Jordan Walsh the open shot. Ricky Council, they, they don't really want to give him anything. Um, and we kind of talked about how, you know, Ricky, now that it's not SEC – or now that it's not non-conference play, it's been a little bit tougher for him. Eric Musselman said that. He was asked, like, hey, what what are what are the defenses doing to kind of limit Ricky a little bit more? And he basically said, we're playing SEC teams now. It's no longer the non-conference, which makes sense. So he's going to have to figure that out. This is this is from EvanMia.com, and I really like this guy. He has a lot of great analytics. This is Arkansas's best five-man lineup, Jackson. And it's – so there are better lineups, but they include Nick Smith and Trevin Brazil, so I can't take those into account. This is the best five-man lineup that doesn't have Smith or Brazil in it for the Razorbacks. Anthony Black, Ricky Council, Devo Davis, Kamani Johnson, Jordan Walsh. Thoughts? I mean, I, I kind of just threw that on you, but what do you think? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, especially coming into the Alabama game tonight, I mean, you look at their front court, they're starting sensational freshman Brandon Miller, 6'9, Noah Clowney, another top freshman, 6'10, Charles Betty Aco, center, seven foot. I just really, 
this kind of it's not really dodging your question it's building off of it i guess i don't see that lineup working against alabama i don't know i don't have any of the data in front of me either i i'm i'm honestly shocked that that's the quote unquote best lineup right now well um, that's statistic so it's based off of offensive and defense so how many it's based off of how many points they're outscoring opponents by when that five is on the lineup or on the floor they're outscoring opponents by 32 and a half points but that's only 32 and a half points per 100 possessions. I, I need to say that, but they've only played 67. Yeah. 67 possessions together. So it's not like that's their go-to lineup. This is the one that they're going to, and it's giving them, you know, the most success, but statistically that is the most successful. And I wanted to bring it up because Kamani Johnson wasn't a guy that you mentioned when we're talking about, you know, cutters guys who can, you know, be better scorers. And we, we understand who Kamani is the type of player he is. He's not going to be an offensive an elite offensive player, but it seems like, you know, Eric Musselman is going to continue to put him on the floor, go get some offensive rebounds. I I don't, I mean, I know that you have specific feelings about that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, uh, look, Kamani is a workhorse and he is, he is probably the most experienced player on this roster. Um, he's been in the system as long as Devo Davis and he had college experience before he came to Arkansas. So definitely the most experienced player on the roster. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. And there's something to be said for his hard work. There's something to be said for the fact that he can get offensive rebounds. But when you're going into conference play, when you're going up against a front court that's as big and as talented as Alabama, I don't think you I, – I, I really don't think you can run out an undersized five that's kind of an offensive liability. He grabs offensive rebounds and he draws fouls doesn't make his free throws. I mean, the whole team didn't make free throws against Auburn outside of black, but he, he hasn't made free throws at a high clip. He's not a terrific defender. I mean, he he can do some good things and help side and generate some steals, but as far as going one-on-one against Betty Acko in the post or against Clowney in the post, I just don't see it. Um, it and I think tonight is a game where – you almost have to change the the starting lineup a little bit because of the size of Alabama. And I, you know, I would lean more towards, you know, starting uh, Makai Mitchell and Mikel Mitchell both together. Um, Having them put one on Betty Acko, probably put Mikel on Betty Acko and then put Makai on Clowney. Um, That way Walsh can cover Brandon Miller and then let guards be guards. You'll have AB and council. Um, I really think that would be more beneficial um, than running Kamani out there. But again, that's just me. If we're, if we're going for low post offense, if we're going for a team that's struggling offensively, I don't, I don't think putting someone out there who is mismatched in size uh, on three levels of, of the opposition and not able to score well, I, I don't think that bodes well for Arkansas in this matchup. Okay, so talking about the starting lineup, the the starting lineup has been for pretty consistently Anthony Black, Ricky Castle, Devo Davis, Makai Mitchell, Jordan Walsh, and that's also statistically according to EvanMia.com, the second best five man lineup, not including Nick Smith or Trevor Brazil. Um, they played a hundred. Uh, I'm not gonna do the math right now. I'm gonna look like an idiot. They played a lot of possessions together. That's your starting five. So you're saying that you think they should switch up the starting five, which it has been Black, Council, Davis, Makai Mitchell, and Jordan Walsh, and then 
throw in both the Mitchell twins. Do you, I mean, do you, is that what you want or do you see that that could actually be a possibility? A little bit of both. I just think Alabama has too much size. I mean, Brandon Miller, six, nine running the three and they, they got two guys starting in the front court that are six, 10 and seven foot. Like that is just so much size and Arkansas, that, that starting lineup, Arkansas has been trotting out. Walsh is at the three, four and he, I mean, he's a fantastic defender and he has plenty of size himself, but it's just, it's, it's a man. That's, that's a lot of size to, to make up for. I, I really think, you know, I don't know what, if that's the case, like you start both Mitchell twins, or if you start, I would probably want Mikel more, but I could see that Kamani would potentially get the start alongside Makai, just going based on who gets, who has gotten minutes so far. Um, and then I don't, I don't know about the, the odd guard out there. Like, would it be Devo coming off the bench like he was earlier in the year? Or would they try to, um, you know, change things up with council and bring him off the bench for an offensive punch off the bench that, um, you know, he, he sat, was that against Missouri? He sat the first bit of the second half and came out and and scored a ton. So I could see either one of those situations playing out as well. I don't hate the Ricky council off the bench thing. I, I don't hate that. I think that that might, I mean, obviously you're bringing a guy off the bench and Ricky council. If that happens, that's going to provide you with an offensive spark. So I mean, that would be interesting. I didn't think about that option. I want to, but I want to kind of transition into Alabama because you've mentioned a bunch of names. We got to talk about this Alabama team. They're really, really, really good. Uh, ranked number four in the nation. You've talked about Brandon Miller. He leads the SEC in points per game. He's scoring 19.1 points per game. Uh, Mark Sears, point guard, 14.7 points per game. No Clowney. Eric Musselman was raving over Clowney on Monday. A really deep Alabama team. Ken Palm has them as the eighth best. Uh, adjusted defensive efficiency team in the nation. Um, I mean, they're just a really, really good basketball team. You just look at all their analytics. They're really good. Uh, tempo, according to Evan Mia, they're the number one tempo team in the nation. So let's uh, let's just talk about it. Because we talked about the line on Bet Saracen. Arkansas is a, uh, a plus one and a half point underdog. And we said before we started recording, if this game's at Alabama, you're probably talking about Alabama's favored by five to six points. Um, you know Bud Walton is going to help you, but I think we still are both agreeing that Alabama is probably just a, ahead of Arkansas at this point in the season. Oh, yeah, definitely at this point, especially with Arkansas being down two of their best players. Um it, it just kind of is what it is. I'm not going to say that Arkansas is like dead in the water before the game even starts. Like, obviously, you play the games for a reason. They have home court advantage. Um, they're doing a stripe out at Bud Walton. And, you know, Arkansas always plays better at home. Most teams do. But it feels like Bud Walton is a special place for Arkansas. And teams have trouble coming in and, and playing at Bud Walton, too. So, not going to say that, like, oh, they're, they're definitely going to lose. But, I mean, I think when you look at the matchup, you look at the players Alabama has healthy compared to the players Arkansas does not have healthy. Um, I did, yeah, I would really, I would lean towards Alabama winning this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I look at it and I think you know Alabama has a slight edge. Most places across the country are having this game as a pick 'em, but I, I, and I really think that that's just the Bud Walton factor. Cause as I, as I mentioned, I think if this game's at Alabama right now, 
Bama is probably favored by five and six or five or six, which is understandable. But all right, let's talk about Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen is the mobile sports gambling partner of Hogbeat.com. Go download the app uh, on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Bet Saracen. They have the player props up for Arkansas and Alabama players. We talked about some props that we like before we started recording. I like Anthony Black over three and a half assists. Um, I think I did the math. That would have hit five out of the last six games, I believe. So let me see. Let me do the math real quick. Yeah, Five out of the last six. So that would have hit five out of the last six. I think Anthony Black, we talked about it earlier in the episode. He's going to have to take on a slightly bigger role offensively. I think that includes scoring and facilitating the ball a little bit more. Um, I'm going to take him over three and a half assists. I like that one. What do you like, Jackson? Uh, I think my first pick would be Ricky Council under 18 and a half points. Um, I think as a whole, this game is going to be pretty low scoring. Um, Ricky Council has struggled of late. Alabama's really good defensively. Um, I think it's going to be hard for anybody outside of maybe Brandon Miller to put up close to 20 points. Uh, I'd take the under on 18 and a half on Ricky Council. Um, Miller's also at 18 and a half. Clowney's at nine and a half. Uh, there was another one on here that I liked. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Oh, Jordan Walsh. We were talking Jordan Walsh rebounds. They have his line at uh four and a half over under four and a half rebounds. We like the over on that one. You were talking about how they're kind of sending him to the offensive glass a little bit more. You like that one? Yeah, yeah, I really like that one too. Uh, Jordan Walsh has been a great rebounder since he's been on campus. Like <laughs> that, when he wasn't scoring as much early on, and people were like, "Oh, what's the deal with Jordan Walsh?" He he was playing really good defense and still rebounding the basketball. So uh, I think with him crashing the glass more because they're kind of making an emphasis on getting to the offensive glass and trying to generate extra possessions. With that, and with him just being a good rebounder on on the defensive side of the ball as well, I think that's a really good line. Uh, let's see. That would have hit the last three games. So he had nine rebounds against LSU, seven against Missouri, and ten against Auburn. Wow, I did not know he had ten. Oh, that's right, he did have ten against Auburn because we were he was on a double double watch. Hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Four and a half. That seems like a low number for him to be averaging. However, let's. I'm not going to do math again. He's averaging definitely over that through SEC play so far. So that's that's a good little bet. Let's see, what are the odds on it? Minus 125. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go to Bet Saracen, download the app uh, on the Google Play Store or the App Store. All right. Uh, before we leave, also, we have to remind you about our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. They are always a partner of Hogbeat.com. It is Andy Ledecky. He's helping you become a franchise owner. He's done it before. Uh, he's doing it right now. He takes you through a long, thorough process to make sure that you're set up for the best possible situation, um, and it also helps you out financially. If you're a displaced corporate executive, if you want to put your career in your own hands, you want to make some extra money, go talk to Andy Ledecky. It's myperfectfranchise.net, or you can call him at 404-973-9901. Tell him hogby.com sent you, and uh, he'll get you set up to put your career in your own hands. And uh, It's a great situation, myperfectfranchise.net. Very thankful for them. All right, big game in Bud Walton Arena tonight. Arkansas, Alabama, number 15, number four, should be a packed house. I really, really need to get me one of those little Bud Walton Arena figurines, dude. I want one of those so bad. So if anybody's listening to this 
and you're going to the game and you have the opportunity to grab an extra one, please DM me on Twitter. I would love to take you up on getting one of those. I really want it. Me too. I'll throw my hat in that too. Okay. All right. Well, we will talk to everybody next week on the Hardwood Hogs podcast. Thank you, Jackson. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Go visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. A lot of great content over there. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.